social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Do you ever miss malls? Like the act of going to a mall? I miss eating Auntie Anne's pretzels at the mall. All this online shopping recently has just really gotten me nostalgic for wandering around a Victoria's Secret (laughs) with absolutely nothing intended to purchase. With the smell of, um, what was that like pink one? The body spray? Oh, and the bombshell? I don't know, but it was so, I can like feel it in my nostrils. Yeah, I'm also just triggered by the scent of Abercrombie as well. (laughs) Well, I saw a tweet yesterday that was like, the second COVID is over, Gen Z is going to invent malls again, and it's going to (laughs) be successful. I believe it. Just like somewhere to kind of, you know, meet up a whimsical place with full of possibilities. So innocent. So innocent. Well, it also ties to, um, I was reading the Instagram trends Trends report report for next year. Yeah. And one of the trends says games are the new mall because Mm. especially with with the rise of like AR and VR and things like that, like people are like meeting up in these spaces virtually to play games. Right. I mean, I remember when Xbox Live was huge. You remember? And people would just get on the headset and talk to each other. My brother had like a full on friend that he only knew through. Oh, I had friends like that too. Yeah, it's crazy. I wonder what they're up to now. I hope they're well. Um, Another trend that really stood out to me was about music. Mm. And two of the takeaways were music is now social and music is going visual. Oh, totally. It's more than just karaoke now. (laughs) (laughs) More than just karaoke. So thinking about like artists who release visual albums with their songs, but also think about when you hear a song, especially one that's maybe trending on TikTok, you can like visualize a dance or visualize a trend when you hear that music for sure it's more than just the music video now another thing i miss is music videos i wish trl would make a comeback if only i'd watch that every day carson daly um i was reading this thing on the verge and it was saying how over 175 trending tiktok songs made it to the billboard hot 100 list this year i believe it well that's the thing when i open spotify and listen to like today's top Top hits hits. that's not (laughs) what i want to listen to like i'm closing my phone out of tiktok to listen to music to take a break and then all i hear the TikTok songs. Yep. But another interesting stat from that article you mentioned is 430 songs exceeded 1 billion views on TikTok. It's so funny that they're counting as view. They're counting it as views, not listens. Right. I know. It's just like this weird where music and visuals combine. It's all art. I'm excited. <laughs> okay, so there's also some big news coming from Instagram and our friends at Meta. They're teasing the chronological feed again. Oh yeah. I'm really emphasis on the word teasing here because it's saying that they're working on a version of it. Yeah. I know the reason that they are you know, working on this right now is to put more control back in the user's hands, right? Of like the content they're seeing and what they're choosing to consume. But it doesn't mean that the algorithm is going away. No, for sure. It's still going to be targeted. Yeah, it's definitely you turn it on as a choice, I believe, is what Adam Masseri said in his Instagram story. (laughs) Would you make your feed chronological? Of course. I remember when I first started using Instagram, I would close the app once I reached the bottom, like once I reached a post Mm -hmm. that I had already seen. And it just made my time spent on the app itself less. (laughs) You probably followed less people then. Now you're just going to be scrolling infinitely. Yeah, that's a really good point. I don't know. I like the in the moment part of the chronological feed. Feels like I can see something that someone else is doing in real time. That's true. Like a story. Right. Exactly like a story. hope that means that I won't see the same post five times (laughs) if I don't like it, which is what happens to me now. And then I pity like it. You pity like it? Sometimes just to get it to go away. (laughs) 
Okay, so we've talked a lot about like visualizing music sure. and visualizing this content in our Instagram feed, but let's not forget about the thing we love to watch, which is TV. Movies and TV. Movies and TV. Um, today we talked to Brittany Rice, who is the director of social media and content at FX Networks. She has had such a cool career, one that I'm incredibly envious of, being the voice of many of our favorite TV shows and celebrities. Let's hear more about it. Hi, Brittany. Welcome to the show. Hi. So happy to be here. We're happy to have you. We're going to jump right into the social speed round. You ready to answer some rapid fire questions? I'm ready. What's your favorite social network? Oh, TikTok for sure. I spend way too much time on it. (laughs) Do you pronounce it GIF or JIF? GIF. What Instagram ad can you not get rid of? Oh my goodness. Uh, Fraser Sterling, the jewelry company. I ordered (laughs) one ring and I will never not stop saying that. (laughs) A lot of people saying jewelry lately. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it's like gifting season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about your go-to emoji? Ooh, uh, probably the black heart. I'm edgy like that. (laughs) Who is your favorite celebrity to follow on social? Ooh, I heard someone else on your podcast say Hillary Duff, but I love her. I don't want to be a repeater, but <laughs> Hillary Duff for sure or Doja Cat. Yes, both good answers. Have you been seeing the TikToks of people like recreating Hillary Duff's dance moves? Yeah, she just did it herself. Oh, she did? I need to look at that. <laughs> like, literally like, like 20 minutes ago. Like, oh, oh my gosh. God. That's <laughs> great. Good timing. <laughs> Stories or feed? Ooh, I'm going to say feed. Nice. Okay, now the last question. What was your first screen name? I think it was something like Love XX Hater. Like, <laughs> had to have the X in it. Of I was course. A big emo girl. There was you can't have an emo screen name without an X in it. Totally. Um, obviously, just just very emo girl. And probably like every other letter capitalized. Oh, duh. duh. <laughs> Essential. Yeah, that, that's the emo girl starter pack <laughs> from yeah. our team years. Exactly. <laughs> okay, let's get into the interview itself. We're so excited to be talking mostly because you've had such a cool career. We're so impressed and really excited to hear about it all. I just kind of want to hear your elevator pitch for how you have navigated your career so far. Yeah. Well, so I kind of ended up in social by accident. I went to college for business in Chicago and high school, as my screen name tells. I was a little (laughs) bit of an emo girl. I grew up going to shows and all my friends were in bands. So I really wanted to do something in the music industry. So while I was in school, I got a few internships that were music related. I worked for an indie label called Victory Records, as well as a couple of other places. But I was also working in the service industry to pay my way through school. And I was really liking that atmosphere. So I interviewed for an internship for a hospitality group in Chicago. And they had like open interviews where we went to the restaurant and there was just like all the departments sitting there and you kind of hopped around. And Mm -hmm. I really wanted the marketing internship, but the head of marketing was late. So I talked with their digital marketing. (laughs) Yeah, who saw that I had interned at Victory Records. And he was like, I love all the bands on this label. We really like connected over that and I ended up getting the internship, but I'm pretty sure it's only because he wanted free tickets to show. (laughs) But But yeah, that was kind of my start in social promoting these like five restaurant properties on social media. And that was like kind of a pivotal internship for me. The person who hired me, Tim, he was like so ahead of his time in terms of social strategy. This was like a decade ago. Mm -hmm. And I just really learned a lot from him. I also enjoyed the perks of bottle service at one of the restaurant group owns. So 21 year old me was thriving. 
working. Yeah. Working in any kind of restaurant capacity has its perks. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So then I graduated, I got my first big girl job. I was a social media and PR manager for a place called Vivid Seats, which is kind of like a stub hub. It's a secondary yeah. ticket market running their social media. And they were really SEO focused at that time. So it was part entertainment, part music still, but I decided I was over Chicago winters and I wanted to move to LA. <laughs> I got a interview for an entertainment agency called Digital Media Management about a month into my stay in LA. And I was offered a job as a digital manager where my responsibilities were managing the online presence of celebrities. So that's kind of where my entertainment yeah. uh, history began. And I spent seven years at that company. I Amazing. wore a lot of different hats. I was working managing talent, obviously, but then also worked with consumer brands for a while, jumped back into entertainment and began to oversee social for NBC, both their brand as a whole, and then also some of their primetime shows. And then my last couple of years at that company, I was the associate director of talent services, uh, which is a role that DMM really kind of spearheaded. It was part social, mm -hmm. part talent relations. Essentially, we were a team of social producers who were working with talent on set or one-on-one -on -one to capture content and find innovative ways for the talent to support their TV project on social. I love that parallel. Yeah. So like the client would hire us and we would do social for the show. But, you know, often we were working with these like brand new titles where we'd have to build an audience from scratch within a short amount of time, but they had these really great casts. Um, so it just made sense for someone to be dedicated to helping them since they already had that established audience. And, and you, know, you really not do need that dedicated person. I feel like social media, you know, it used to be something you do like on the side with everything else, but now you need to think of those ideas and be ready on the spot and have someone kind of directing that along the way. Yeah, 100%. It was definitely a full-time job. We built, <laughs> I was overseeing a team of 12 for just one client wow. before I left. So yeah, it's a lot of work and, you know, not just finding ways for them to post the brand's content, but finding ways to get the talent excited about promoting the show in their own way was, was super big. Yeah. So yeah. And then when we, when I started that company, there was like 30 of us. And by the time I left, there was almost 300. So it was really incredible wow. to be able to grow with that company. And as of a few months ago, I decided it was time to kind of branch out have a change, new challenge. So I started as the director of social and content at FX Network, which is where I'm at now. Congratulations, first of all. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Also, congratulations on the feat that is seven years in like at the agency world. I feel like Michelle and I have both been at Likeable for quite a few years ourselves, almost seven. Mm -hmm. And it's rare to talk to people like us sometimes. It's like working at a single place for that many years at such a young age, it's, it's really unheard of. So also congrats on that feat too. But it's sounds like you had a lot of different challenges thrown at you that you were able to navigate and still keep it fresh. Yeah, honestly, every couple of years, it felt like a new job because yeah. I had a new title, new clients. And, and I just I really loved working there. I loved my teammates and, and the company. The CEO is amazing. So it was a really great time. I just needed to have a little change. Totally. Of course, we get it. Can you tell our listeners um, so they get kind of a better sense of who we're talking to? What were the types of shows and celebrity talent that you worked with? Yeah. So my first clients that I worked with were Kelsey Grammer and Martin Lawrence. They had a show, I think it was on ABC. I can't remember. It was <laughs> years ago, but I was actually, they had a show together and I was both of them on social media. So I would be like conversating with myself. Oh on my gosh. Um, so that was fun. I actually launched 
Kelsey Grammer on Twitter with something that we called Kelsey Grammer Grammar. I was basically correcting <laughs> people's grammar through his account. I felt like I really peaked like my first month. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And then I was Bethany Frankel as well as Skinny Girl, as well as her dogs on social media for a while. She, she did a lot of her own stuff, but obviously she has so many things going on that she kind of needed someone to, to keep it all together. So that's what I did. She also has such a distinct voice too. I like, I feel like I know Bethany so well from the housewives <laughs> and I don't actually know her at all. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And that's, that's exactly what her socials were just like an extension of her. So when I say I was Bethany, I was Bethany Frankel. <laughs> you obviously had to watch up and, and study to become her. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. It's it, just really hard work watching Real yeah. Housewives of New York. <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, I worked on This Is Us was one of my favorite shows. Oh, yeah. I thought we really did some cool stuff and built a really great community with that show online. Superstore basically any of the NBC programming from 2017 to 2019, I think, I worked on. And then more recently, worked on a lot of uh, Peacock shows. Girls 5 Ebba was a super fun one that I liked working on. We had like some Miley Pride special that was super fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much everything that, again, came out of Peacock from the time of its inception to now I work <laughs> out so many. I keep a running list on my notes just to kind of like... You'll forget them. otherwise. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, there's so many. And, and it's been really cool to work on so many different types and genres and with different casts and all that. So we don't often talk to people on the talent management side of things, which is why we were so excited to really talk to you. And being able to touch big titles as well as with celebrities <laughs> like this. Yeah. It's kind of crazy to us. If you could share something that you learned in your time there. You had also mentioned previously, like kind of like what are the similarities and differences between working for talent versus the brand? I think what I've learned is it, it's essentially the same approach. Like nobody wants to be at, at the end of the day, we're trying to sell a product in some way, shape or form. Right. But, but people don't want to be blatantly sold things. So whether it's coming from a talent account or a brand account, I think like the approach is really for both just like creating amazing content that resonates with your audience. And I think, you know, people may think it's easier for a celebrity to sell something versus a, a brand to sell something. And sure, maybe in some cases it is, but I still think that there needs to be a strategy for both of those so that it doesn't come off too inauthentic. I was going to say that it's totally obvious that when a celebrity posts something and you're like, ooh, cringe. Like, yeah, no. This copy was written for them by someone else. They would never say this. Right, 100%. So it really takes like understanding that, you know, that person or that brand and that audience to make it feel right. Because I mean, the same things happen with brands, you know, like you can have Chili's commenting, yes, queen on a... <laughs> I don't know if they did that, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. There, there's just like finding that balance because I think that not all talent are brands, but all brands should be treated like talent mm -hmm. in the sense that you should personify them in a way whatever is fitting to your brand values and your target audience as a way to, you know, humanize them and make them a little bit more relatable. But that's like a delicate dance, right? So yeah. on either ends of the spectrum, there's definitely watch outs. But I would say that there, at the end of the day, you're still trying to like provide value to a user and connect with the audience in the most authentic way possible. Love that. This is a, a throwback at TBT, but do you guys remember when <laughs> Scott Disick, there was a post on Instagram and the copy like someone hadn't removed like the asterisk text and it said yes. like post this at whatever time yes. it was like directions like for him right 
Yeah, I think so. But I just remember that was like my, not my first, but like a moment where I was like realizing that these are accounts are run by other people. And I don't know how much Brittany you can share, but I feel like there is just another world to that of like, what is real coming from the the person, the talent and what is coming from someone else. Like, I'm, I'm just curious if there's anything, you know, that's like behind the scenes intel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you can tell with that post that Scott probably posted it because he didn't. Right. Really he did wrong. right. <laughs> I mean, there are, there are tons and tons of talent who are running their own social pages, like 100%, like they're still in it day to day, but there's just, you know, that disconnect where sometimes it's better for a social media manager yeah. or, or even the, the brand itself to just post it. So it gets post right. And yeah. I mean, I can just tell you that you could be very, very, clear in instructions and (laughs) there can still be disconnect because a lot of the time this stuff is going through so many eyes it's of course the the reps are are probably sending it off who don't like necessarily understand social media sometimes they do a lot of a lot of reps are getting a lot more involved in that but you know there's just so many layers and it (laughs) it can go it can go (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ask about the education piece and I'm glad you brought that up about the managers themselves because I'm curious is how much education you have to to do on your end for the celebrities or their teams to make sure they're up to date on, you know, how social should function naturally or normally. Does that happen at all? Well, so that was one of the main responsibilities of my last role and why I think it was so crucial and so important was we're just expecting everyone to know how to do this social stuff. And like, of course, it's first nature to us because we do it every day, but even posting just a piece of content is difficult for some people. So when I was at DMM, part of our responsibilities was, you know, we would have in the pandemic specifically, you know, Zoom calls with the reps and the talent to be like, what's your comfortability? level was so how can we help you best how can we assist you how can we make sure that we're getting what we need but also like you're getting what you need from us so I think when you are able to have those conversations whether it's in person or on zoom Mm -hmm. or even just a phone call with the reps even if the talent aren't able to do it you know just being a resource is super important yeah super big so moving a bit into I guess the brand or tv side of it I've done a project with an entertainment company and working with studio footage is there's so many rules, right? You can't cut it. You have to show this. They, you know, put together little packages of what you can use, but it's very limited. And I feel like it was always tough to try to get into the process early enough to have like social first ideas that can be, you know, whether shot behind the scenes or being able to take some talent aside. So I'd love to hear since, you know, that's a ton of what your experience is, what the content creation process has been like for you when like your client is actual content itself, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's so funny that you said that the content was restrictive because I like definitely, I, I totally get where you're coming from. But for me, I guess it's just like, so second nature now, like I know yeah. exactly what I can use and what I can't use. Yeah. So, like it just, but there's still so much. So that's funny that you said that. I think that, you know, there are restrictions, but there's so much there that we actually can use. There, is, there are rules, but there's a lot of content that we can really use there. That's a springboard for our social pieces and mm-hmm. even our strategy. But, you know, obviously that was, that piece was created to be consumed in a completely different capacity 
you right. guys, Rachel. So what I do is really just like watch those episodes and, and identify those moments that we know will feel social friendly, whether mm-hmm. that's like a quick one-liner to make into a meme or like relatable dialogue for a sound on TikTok, pulling out those moments that we know fans will love um, and then making them feel really native to social. But, you know, like you said, our, our content mix really has to be more than just show content. So like entertainment fans, they really want more. They want that BTS. They want right. access to the cast, deleted scenes, all that great stuff. Um, so, you know, after the show ends, they want to extend that experience and, and social is really the home for that. So we're lucky to have a lot of opportunities where we can get that extra stuff, whether it's a marketing yeah. shoot or we're on set with the cast, you know, there's different opportunities where we can pull that stuff, but it's challenging because a lot of the time these shoots and these things are happening six months to a right. year before. The timeline isn't the same. Yeah. So we're really just, and, and to be completely honest, a lot of time we don't even have marketing strategies by then. So we're coming up with stuff that we just think will work yeah. <laughs> based on the little information we know. And we're just, you know, fingers crossed, hoping it works. And a lot of the time that we do have to pivot and, and kind of change those concepts where we're not able to get, you know, that in the moment trending stuff necessarily. Right. That's interesting too, because it's like, you're, yeah, you're coming up with the strategy probably as it's still being shot or edited or whatever it is. Like you haven't even seen it seen yet. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, we're lucky if we get scripts, those are super helpful. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, it, we're really just kind of guessing as we go using the knowledge that we have from similar properties, if it is a newer, yeah. newer show um, and just kind of doing the best. We have, you know, buckets, tried and true buckets that we, content buckets we know mm-hmm. work well. So so we do our best, but not <laughs> say that they don't pivot along the way. Well, I feel like now with TikTok too, it's like the different sounds or different like moments from movies and shows like are making a comeback. Like it's not all stuff that's coming out right now. People like we, for Halloween, for example, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, John and I and our friends dressed up as like lead characters from like early 2000s rom-coms. And you know, it's like, there's an appetite for all kinds of different content, even if it's not real time. Totally, totally. And I mean, anytime we can get those real time stuff, again, building those relationships with the talent so we can shoot their reps over and ask and be like, hey, can yeah. you do this? this huge like you know we obviously leverage those whenever we can but we just plan wherever we can do <laughs> it really is like a fingers crossed situation i kind of like that but that's really what social is too fast moving fast paced you kind of got to navigate it as it plays out because i'm sure there's been a lot of properties or titles that you worked on where tiktok would have been a great asset but it wasn't even around a couple of years ago yeah. yeah definitely can you tell us about like a favorite campaign that you've worked on walk us through it and why it's your favorite. Yeah. I mean, I think This Is Us is my favorite campaign of all time. I just really think that we were able to do a lot with that show. And obviously like the show itself is so great. I worked on seasons two and three. So I was lucky to come in when like, I didn't need to prove anything. The show was success. And then we just kind of got to have fun with it and like really build up that community. We just put the fans first. And I think that was like so important because they were giving us so much love. It was one of the few accounts where like everyone was leaving comments and like they were just so mm-hmm. nice you I know feel like on know. twitter too it was, I was like everyone watched that. it in real time and like chatted about it on twitter i always remember the real time tweets yes yes and the year that i was working on it we also had the super bowl it was the year of the big crock pot incident yes. so we were able to do some fun like big stunts around that and it was just like such a beloved show and people were so nice online about it and it was just the cast was amazing mandy moore is a sweet baby angel and i love <laughs> And yeah, I mean, everyone on that show was, it was, it was super great. And just like the team I worked with was amazing. We, we had a really great time. That reminds me. So our CEO, Carrie loves that show and she got a cameo 
from Mandy Moore or Dave yeah, and her husband correct. did. I want to hear from you like about Cameo. Does that, is that part of like, I guess in your previous role managing the talent, is that like a part of the consideration or is Cameo just like completely separate that these talent are on their own? I mean, I think if you're hired in the capacity for the talent and you're their digital manager becomes a part of it. Yeah. Cameo itself, since it is a monetary, uh, monetary yeah. platform, yeah. it's less about us incorporating it. We were going to actually do a stunt with Cameo for Girls 5 Eva. Mm -hmm. It didn't end up working out, but just because there was that kind of celebrity element, but we were going to bring it as part of the campaign, but not specifically for the personal talent, the talent's personal pages. So less about, I would say less from a client perspective and more if you're you're a digital manager for a talent, but still exists. Just curious. Yeah. We don't really talk about Cameo. That was a good question. Yeah. Well, I'd love to shift to talking about your new role at FX. I know it's very exciting. It's so new. So tell us just like what brought you there in the first place and what you're excited for. Yeah. I mean, what really drew me to FX in the first place is their programming, plain and simple. Um, Like, I mean, Atlanta, American Horror Story, What We Do in the Shadows, Dave and It's Always Sunny are like two of my favorites. So good. I know. It's really stacked, huh? (laughs) Yeah. I cannot believe how many seasons It's Always Sunny has had. And yet still, I'm watching watching the show and watching these people be dumb yeah. <laughs> um, in the most hilarious way. But yeah, I am just really excited to be part of a team that kind of puts out these incredible bodies of work. And I'm hoping that I can do them justice in terms of social media. <laughs> yeah. So switching a little bit to kind of personal social media, oh. I saw that you have an account called Strange LA and it has like 18,000 followers. So you're basically an influencer yourself. Well, Thank you, I guess. <laughs> um, no, that's actually, so I inherited that count okay. account actually from, so I actually, I wanted to do something like that on my own. Uh, I really just love going out in LA. I love LA. I will probably never leave LA. I will die there. <laughs> but I just love going out and experiencing what LA has to offer. And I'm kind of like into the weird and strange of it all. So I was going to do my own thing with something similar, but I followed a bunch of accounts that were, you know, just things to do around LA, strange Los Angeles being one of them. And just to kind of see what, what people were posting so I could get ideas for my own. And Mm -hmm. the girl who was running strange LA posted like, I'm moving. I want someone to take over my baby, like DM me if you're interested. Oh, wow. And I was like, well, this is kind of perfect. Like, I don't want to be that weirdo, like sliding into this random person's DMs, but like, I think I'm going to do it. And oh, then, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I hit her up. We went and had coffee the next day. And she's like, yeah, some weirdos definitely like hit me up. But um, you seemed normal. And I'm glad <laughs> that. And I took it over. And I haven't been as active on it as I, I would like to be. But hoping next year to really dive in and and give it my all and find some cool things. The pandemic obviously kind of put a right. damper yeah. on that. But next year's the year. Strange That's LA. So cool. I'm going to follow, follow along. Even and, though we don't live in LA. Okay, I think I'm going to LA in like February. So Nice. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, for all the recos. I feel like there's something there too about you managing social for big brands and, and celebrities themselves. It's like the parallels there with running your own personal Instagram have to be, you can use some insights. You can use some little tidbits that you've learned from your job. But also you're tired. But you're tired. <laughs> well, that's what I was getting at. I can understand why the pause might be necessary sometimes. Yeah, well, if you see my actual personal socials, they're garbage. So, um, <laughs> you know, I definitely I, I use Strange LA to kind of test out the the new uh, platform features nice. and stuff like that, and just kind of get into it. But yeah, I, I get it. You need a break some time. My personal socials are are garbage. So, 
uh, that's where I get my creative stuff out. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I always joke that if I didn't work in the agency world, I wouldn't have a Facebook. Oh, definitely. Oh my God, same. I've been wanting to get rid of it forever. Right. And you're like, why, why am I here? Why do I have these notifications? But I'm I need also, it. <laughs> since I've been managing like celebrities accounts for so long, I'm still admins on like 50 of them. So oh, I got yeah. all of their notifications still. And I mean, I could leave, but it's just like so much effort to go in. And <laughs> it, it honestly is. There was an old client of ours who I realized I was still a manager of, and it was a big finance brand. And I was like, this should not be happening. <laughs> like, yeah. why am I still here? It's been years. And I had to work through this crazy process to get in contact with someone over there just to remove myself. I was like, this is not worth the effort. Might as well just keep it. 100%. <laughs> That's funny. It's like such a specific thing that only people work, who work in social yeah, would be able to relate to. <laughs> Seriously, the struggle. Cool. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners? I don't think so. I think you guys covered it. Thank you so much for having me. I hope I shared some valuable information. That's awesome. Thank you. Okay, Michelle. Yes. If you are to manage a celebrity's social media, which celebrity would you want it to be? I feel like I would do like a reality star mm, okay. or an author. I feel this way about like oh. if I were to be a celebrity, what would I want to be? I want to be like have the perks of a celebrity, but not be like very recognizable or have like a ton of obligations. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I feel like an author would be cool. I like the author. Mm-hmm. I want to pick someone in the music industry. Oh, okay. Which relates to a little bit of what Brittany Travis was saying. Travis Barker. I could not be Travis Barker, though. <laughs> now that he's so involved with the Kardashians, I want to stay very far okay. away from that. Okay. For the fear of going viral for the wrong Ooh, reason. True. true, true. It's a lot of pressure. I think it's pretty cool that Brittany did that. I know. And I like the idea of being able to work on multiple shows with different talent, too. Mm-hmm. It's All of them have different perspectives of the role and carry the storyline in a different way it's nice to be able to cater the social presence to each of those different characters yeah and you get to watch tv for work i know honestly when she said she got to watch real housewives of new york that was fabulous (laughs) okay so the account we want you to follow this week is actually a brand that we interviewed last week peloton Peloton. This should probably come as no surprise, too. Yeah, so I guess spoiler alert, but everyone's heard of it at this point. Um, on the Sex and the City reboot, Mr. Big passed away dies. on Peloton. It was very sad. Very sad. Um, but Peloton kind of rebuttaled by turning around a spot within 48 hours over the weekend where it shows Mr. Big sitting on a couch with uh, one of the Peloton instructors and they're chit-chatting and he says should we go for another ride? Mm-hmm. And it zooms out to reveal the two Peloton bikes. And there's this voiceover message from Ryan Reynolds, whose agency produced the spot. And it's about how, you know, improving your cardiovascular health on the Peloton will help you live longer. I kind of love it. And they really leaned into publishing it across all Peloton channels. Yeah, I think yesterday it came up on my Twitter and it had already like 6.5 million views. Impressive. So they also followed it up with a tweet that said, if we can put together that spot in 48 hours, you can do your workout today. Love, love the snark. All the social ladies, all the social ladies, all the social ladies, all the social ladies. 